Welcome to the TikTok Boom podcast. My name is Natalie Potts and I'm invested in helping people love what they do in life and business. I'm welcoming on Tony Leake, a anxiety specialist who shares his own story where he experienced severe anxiety to now being able to help others become stronger, overcome barriers and start understanding how to manage anxiety in their lives. Thank you for spending time with us today. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Tony, for joining me today. I'm really excited for this because I've spent a bit of time looking at, at your stuff, as they say, and about you and, and hearing your voice on your videos, which has been lovely to do. Let's kick off by you sharing a little introduction about yourself and what you do. Thank you for that. Um, and thank you for inviting me here, Natalie. Um, so who am I and what am I do and what do I do? Well, what do I do is probably an easier place to start, which is I'm a coach, basically. Four words, but that doesn't tell anybody anything about what I do. There's so many people, coaches, <laughs> what do I actually do? And they, there's two things that I do. One is I do general coaching, and two is I have a specialism. In the general coaching sense, let me let me just give you an analogy that's really current at the moment. Do you, do you watch the, the tennis? Have you been following Wimbledon? I do like it, but I haven't followed it this year, no. Okay, there was a fantastic match the other night. Um, a lady called Harmony Tan, who's ranked at 150 in the world, was playing Serena Williams, who is one of the best tennis players that ever lived. Um, and Serena Williams hit what was a fantastic shot. And the, the commentators were kind of going, no one can return that. But yet Harmony Tan did. Not only did she return it, she returned it in such a way that she won a really important point when she was under pressure. Mm. And the commentators said, when you get these lower seeded players, when they're on their best day, they're dangerous because they can beat anybody in the world. The difference is the top champions are the people who brought their A game every day. Mm. So that's what I do as a coach. And it's probably what you do as a coach as well. I help people to bring their A game more often. Because when people bring their A game, they already can overcome most of the challenges themselves. They don't need anybody to help them with it. When people are bringing their A game, then they get more done in less time. Everything that's on, on a bad day would be a problem just becomes a challenge. And so helping people to bring their A game more often and suddenly they just achieve more. So that's what I do as a coach. And I do that individually. I go into businesses and I help um, often senior managers to kind of implement that in the workplace yeah but my specialism which is where I, I do a lot of my work is helping people overcome anxiety yeah. um, anxiety stress and panic attacks because um, it's something that I I've lived I went through in my own life figured out how to overcome it and I've figured out that I'm quite good at helping other people to, to overcome their challenges too so in a nutshell that's that's what I do yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna pick up a bit it was interesting we had a pre-call before this to kind of connect and establish what this, is, this would look like and it really has resonated with me since where you said about I kind of position that the podcast is an inspiring personal message and you said oh I'm not sure about my fit and I thought Do you know what I've looked at your stuff again like I shared and you you have a story to share and you you we all have value to give and and it's going to be amazing to go into this discussion with you today. And I know it will be a rich conversation and find out more. But it was it was really interesting because you do have that. So it was kind of a how can I pull Tony on that at the start as well? Yeah. 
what you're doing, but I, just picking up on what you said around um, you went through anxiety yourself. I, I want to hear this again, this story of you. This is what I want to bring to light. You put in, I think it was maybe um, one of your posts that it, it anxiety ruined your corporate career. And that's that's a strong word there. Well, yeah, um, I, I basically had to walk away from my corporate career. So the the story is, I mean, if you want me to go into the backstory on it. If you're um, happy to share, of course. So the back in about 2010, I was I was working in IT. I'd got to a good position in IT. I'd been doing it for a long time and I was pretty good at it. Um, and round about that time, I was working for startup. And I was working stupid hours, which meant I was getting up and I was at my desk about 5.15 in the morning. And I was still there at 5.15 at night. Mm. I literally didn't take a holiday for two years. My family were going on holiday and I didn't go because I felt that I needed to be at work. Mm. Um, I wasn't taking lunch breaks or anything. I wasn't looking after myself, but I didn't realise that at the time. I've got two children at home under the age of five. I was working from home. So there's a lot of pressure on. Right in the middle of that, uh, my dad died very unexpectedly. Um, so there was just a lot going on in life. And then one day I was, I was working from home. Everybody else was out and I started to feel a little bit unwell. And I didn't, under, didn't at first understand what that unwell was. But then I started to notice I was, my chest was starting to feel a little bit tired. I was starting to get pains in my chest, which, yeah. of course, is a bit of a worry. Yeah. As soon as I noticed that, my breathing started to become really laboured and very heavy. I started to feel dizzy. I was getting tightness in the top of my arms and I started to get really worried about it at this point. So I decided the best thing to do was I needed to call for an ambulance. So I tried to get up to get the phone and I collapsed on the floor. Wow. Eventually got to the phone and I called for an ambulance and it took about 10 minutes for the ambulance to arrive, which was the most frightening time that I've ever been through in my whole life. The only thought that went through my head over and over again for that whole time is who is going to tell my children that their dad's died because I was convinced that I wasn't going to be alive by the time the ambulance arrived. And, you know, that there are some people listening to this podcast who will absolutely relate to that because what I didn't find out for a long time afterwards that I wasn't having a heart attack, which I thought I was having, what I was experiencing was a panic attack. Mm. But nobody ever told me that. I had to figure that out for myself. For the next two years, I was expect, experiencing the same thing in, um, again and again. Um, and I spent quite a lot of time in and out of hospital because the symptoms of a panic attack and a heart attack can be so similar that it can, that it can fool the doctors. Mm. Um, and it the workplace I worked in at the time was quite toxic. And people would, it was clear to other people this was going on because I was being taken away in an ambulance um sometimes and people were not very kind people were not accepting which made it really really difficult and in the end I had to walk away from um from the career um because it was it was it probably would have killed me if I'd stayed in it yeah um, first of all thank you for sharing that and it's it's reminded me of a um, a leader that I had back in my own experience of corporate and again similar ended very similar in terms of very toxic environment and, and I just had to take myself out of it and I you know I, I quit and yeah. and I did have to and I, I didn't I guess there was levels of anxiety I think it was more around definite stress for me and unconscious stress that I'd, I'd, I'd always try and think well what can I do better and actually got to the point of like no it's this place I need to leave but yeah. there was, I had a leader that 
he was off for a long period of time, long-term sick, and he was having panic attack, very similar to what you shared there in terms of often we'd have a, a bi-weekly call to check in and see how he was. And, and I was a massive advocate of well-being in that business. And I led it for the, for um, over 40, yeah, well, I worked in retail, so over 40 stores um, because I was very passionate about it. And we would have these bi-weekly calls and he'd share, we'd just share and about what was happening. He said, I've, you know, I've had the ambulance out again and I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I, I can't come back to work. I've got no clarity. Um, I, the thought of it just stresses me out. And, you know, I really appreciate you speaking with me, Natalie, but it's, it's stressing me out as well. And, and it's, we've got to be more compassionate and kind about this. And, and I think I can never understand from how you feel exactly, but seek to understand in terms of empathy. These key skills are absolutely key. And these are the, the qualities that I see in great coaching as well. And what I love about what you bring to the table with focusing on anxiety is that we get sometimes hooked up and I know you do bits with therapy as well I believe that that's correct right yeah that's it's part of the process of overcoming anxiety there is but coaching as well can be very it's about people understanding the practices and we'll always share that as coaches for people but what I love with it is that we can look at it and think you need therapy and counseling for it but you can have coaching with these side of things too because they're forward facing and that's i remember having eft emotional freedom yeah um a couple of years back and and i was really key with the guy when we started working together that i don't want it to be hooked on the past i want to understand things i need you to help me move forward because that's how i'm naturally driven Absolutely. So the first therapy that I trained in was EFT. And actually, it's a it's a really powerful therapy. There's many ways of doing EFT. And some of it is is quite backward facing. Um, So one of the forms of EFT that I trained in is something called positive EFT, which is only focused on in the future, Mm. which is focused on how do you feel about that thing in the past? But how do you want to feel instead? Yeah. And, and let's bring that feeling into your life. And, and what can happen, and, and it's incredible when it does, is that when, if somebody's got a traumatic experience in the past and actually they want to feel, they want to feel at peace with it, if you can in the present moment get them feeling really, really at peace when they think about that thing, it neutralizes that past, that past trauma. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah. I would have probably stuck with EFT um, as my main therapy, except my mission at the time, I, I set myself this lofty goal when I left, when I when I went into into this line of work, I said, I'm going to save the world from stress, which is, is quite a lofty goal. And my idea was I was going to go into, um, into corporate organisations around the UK and rescue them from, from the stress epidemic that I saw everywhere. Mm. Um, but what I didn't realise is like most of the boardrooms in the UK are not ready for EFT because it's a little bit of an unusual kind of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's too out there for many people, yeah. um, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to convince people that they, they need to do this thing that they think is actually a little bit weird. Um, but it, it works incredibly well, but I, I moved a little bit away from it because I wanted to do things that were a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. Um, but having said that, just two days ago, I was doing some EFT with somebody for the first time in about five years uh, because it was just the right thing to do at the time. Uh, there you go. And and I think that's what's you, you mentioned the word powerful and, and coaching has always been that for me. It's, and again, something you shared earlier around you work with senior leaders and, and I work with, you know, again, certain small businesses, not corporates at the moment, but 
very much leaders of teams, maybe where their businesses have grown and suddenly like leveraged and they can't keep up and they're suddenly managing more people. And it's like, well, I've never managed this amount of people. And they just yeah. don't have that skill set because yes. you, don't, you don't know what you don't know business. And a lot of it is centered around, you know, they're very results driven and what we're going to get from the coaching. It's around, do you know what? We're just going to have some space and we're going to have a, a powerful experience where we slow it right down. There's lots of silence for you to think. There's lots of reflection time. There's lots of just focusing on where you're at right now. And there's lots of space created for you to think, because I just think we're in this world where we have no time to think. Absolutely. Have you read Nancy Klein's book, um, Time to Think? I'm guessing. No, I, I've, t- I've, I've heard her name before, though. It might have been that oh. you shared it before. I'm going to write that down, though. It's an incredible. There's two. There's one called Time to Think, but there's more time to think incredible books and it's it's about exactly what you're saying here Natalie that you know sometimes we just need to slow down and there's I haven't got the statistics loaded into my brain but first when I'm doing some corporate workshops there's some statistics I share about um about some top business leaders and how much time they put aside for as thinking time and there's one it was I think it was the guy was the head of Time Warner. It was a big corporation like that. And yeah. he put aside four hours every day as thinking time. And he required the executives that worked for him to put at least four hours a week aside as thinking time. Yeah. Um, and they, there's lots more examples. That's just one. I had a whole st- whole page of these statistics of just how important it is because we get so wrapped up in what's happening in the moment that we don't get time to look at the big picture. Yeah. And that's, that's the same yesterday. I spent a whole day, you know, I'm really focusing on certain areas of my business to, to improve, you know, my technique. One of them's around sales and I've worked with a a sales coach and it was a phenomenal four hour session, very intense. And um, at the end of it, he was like, what's your one action? And I was like, one from, from the 10 pages of notes. Yeah. But it, I've reflected today, I've had a bit of time this morning and I've purposefully and intently created space and time to just reflect and say, what are my observations and reflections from yesterday in that four hours? What is my, you know, and I, I got thinking yesterday, my one action, but what is my actual action? And, and yeah, making sure I do it. Because I think, again, I remember working when I was a leader, um, in this retailer we we'd obviously have performance reviews three times a year and I remember having a one-to-one with my regional manager and I'd set the loads of goals and I hardly achieved any and he literally he pulled me on it like really tough and and it was awkward but but comfortable because we had respect in the relationship I, I valued his feedback and his challenge I needed that and he always said that if I don't feed back to you or share or challenge you, I'm not of service to you. And I used to think, what's he talking about? But it was re- actually, he was spot on that he would, it'd be wrong not to tell me the truth. And he just said, you haven't achieved half of them, have you? And I was like, no. He's like, how do you feel? And I was like, pretty shit. <laughs> and he said, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to have less. And they're going to be of more substance and they're going to be stronger and they're going to probably be, you know, aligned better to the priorities and goals of the business. I'm going to probably sign them off better with you than I did. And I'm going to then really focus on a detail of what that looks like to achieve them through my team. So it's, it's really interesting, all of that, that we can just 
do like we said earlier you have so many ideas and that's what's great about I know some coaches that we have very much the art of the possible people very much a can-do attitude run with it loads of ideas but that either creates procrastination in itself or it just holds you back with overwhelm and yeah yeah it's just too much then yeah absolutely with you on that I for me it's overwhelm if I if I try to do too many things at the same time overwhelm and then then I do nothing so yeah focus on one or two things when I when I wrap up workshops and but often I run four day workshops and that I I close them in kind of the same way that you're talking about this this workshop that you went on I say to people if you had to give back everything that you've learned in the last four days but you could keep one thing which is that one thing that you're keeping and it just really focuses people very powerful yeah. yeah, I learned it from someone else. It's not Mark, but it's, it's, but it is. It absolutely Thank is. Because what it does, what it does is, first of all, you're asking them what is the mo- one most one thing out of those four days. So it forces the mind to go back and review the whole four days, which is powerful in itself. Yeah, and then they, then it forces them to also forward think to where can I use all of the different things that I've learned, and which is the one that's going to be most useful out of those. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's really key. And again, it sounds sometimes we can talk this and it sounds very, oh, that's logical, makes sense, and that's easy to do. But again, it isn't, and that's why I think it's so important. And we have coaches and coaches have coaches because Absolutely. you see things differently and you think differently. And and then like that, they'll share something. That that one question, positioning like that. I find language is a great thing with my coach that I have and just getting me to think differently and what that means to me. Yes. And also the reason that we need coaches, and yes, I, I believe all coaches should have a coach, Not maybe not every every single day of their whole life, Hi. but they should have coaches that they work with. And yeah. another reason for that is that we cannot see ourselves objectively. Yeah. You know, if you... The only way that you can see yourself physically is by looking in a mirror. But even that is incorrect because what you're seeing is a mirror image of yourself. And as much self-reflection as we try to do, and as coaches, we probably do a lot of self-reflection. We can't see ourselves objectively because we've got our own mental filters in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and we all have, we've all have beliefs. Um, I'm not going to use the term limiting beliefs, but we all have beliefs Mm -hmm. and our beliefs are true to us. So we don't even recognize their beliefs. So that's why, a good coach is invaluable because they will call you out on those, on those beliefs and just ask the simple question. Is that true? Interesting there. How comes you don't use the word limiting beliefs or the two words? Um, I don't know. No particular reason. It just at that time, it felt like, um, because in, in some ways it's, it can get a little, a little bit cliche and I really like staying away from coaching cliches. Yeah. And it can become a cliche of you've got limiting beliefs that are holding you back. Yeah. And you know what? We probably all have. But actually, let's let's look at what could be an empowering belief that's going to take you forward. Because if we focus on limiting beliefs, you know, we can spend our time thinking we're, we're imperfect. And we are. We are all imperfectly. So we're all perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And we've got to be OK with that. Yeah. But you can. And one of the. EFT that we were talking about earlier, it's often talked as, about as a self-help tool. Go, go and find these things that, that all these traumas from the past and let's, let's fix them all. But what it can do is send you on that track of looking for all the things that are not right in your life that actually 
were not causing you a problem until you started focusing on them. And that can be the same with limiting beliefs. You know, there are some limiting beliefs that, okay, they might be limiting, but they're not hurt. They're not particularly hurting your life in any day, in any way, but we can kind of dig up stuff and, and make it bigger than it really is. So yeah, some big limiting beliefs need to be dealt with, but actually let's, let's focus on the, on the positives, which is very much what I'm about. There's a great book by Adam Grant called Originals, and he talks a lot about corporates and as well. But okay. he, um, yeah, he's he's a wonderful guy, and he basically says about it's a bit because I find I'm one of those people that, you know, some my, one of my friends pulls me on it. I've always got to do the opposite. I don't want to yeah. do like you say limiting beliefs. Like I kind of get that where I'm like, yeah, I like to do things that aren't okay. what everybody else does. And there's no matter. I think it's Earl, Earl Nightingale that says a quote like watch what everybody else is doing and then do the opposite. Yeah. And I love that. I love yeah. it. It's so yeah. interesting. I think just building on that as well and looking this idea of something that I was exploring on one of your videos is around inner conflict and you talking that around free sense of intelligence and sharing how, and I know this as a, I might be slightly drift on the stats, correct me if I am, but the idea of the neurons that kind of fire between, you know, <sighs> my heart are very, are just the same as our brain. I think it's something like 40,000. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and then you also go on to, and what's interesting for me is this idea of gut, but I might build on that and say that I, I often associate gut and intuition. Yes. So, and I guess trusting yourself. So a build on that would be really interesting. Yeah, this comes from, and it's uh, it's interesting you've picked up on this because it's an area that I um, I find very interesting, but it's it's not my core area, and it's um, it's not something I know a huge amount about. About there's a there's a form of coaching which, if I can get this right, is called C bit um, no M bit multiple brain integration technology, um, and one of my coaches was a, was an M bit. Um, practice and I found it absolutely fascinating yeah. and that the whole concept is that um for for many years for forever people have been saying use your head follow your heart or trust your gut mm. um, and it's just kind of con conventional wisdom but these days neuroscience is catching up with that and they are finding what they found is that as you said we have more neurons which is what our brain is made of we if you took all the neurons that are present in your in your gut and put them together it would be bigger than the cat's brain yeah and you have we have neurons in our heart as well yeah. and and what they found is that they are they are messages going between these yeah. these different brain centers so in um mbit stuff they talk about the head brain the heart brain and the gut brain yeah and um, one of the ways that they work with it, and I say I'm not a practitioner of this, so I'm I'm a little yeah. bit out of my depth. But what they talk about is um, if if you're talking about something that's going on for you and I notice that you're stuck in your head brain, you're thinking about it in a very logical way. I'm going to shift you and say, just just breathe into your heart for a minute. What does your heart tell you to do? And now breathe into your stomach and focus on that. What does your gut tell you? Yeah. And and what we find is if your heart, your um, so if your head brain, your heart brain and your gut brain all want different things, then 
you're never going to achieve anything. You need to find, sometimes it's a compromise to make sure that they're, they're all in agreement. But if they're not all in agreement, then we get these inner conflicts and people with inner conflicts don't tend to achieve very much. It's a fascinating area. And it's one of those things that yeah. I'd love to train in it, but there just isn't enough hours in the day at the moment. And, and I think we shared before, I'm the same with like a bit like NLP, that I, I'm just not there yet. And I'd love to. And that's that, again, like we said, that creative, yeah, let's go for it. And it's like, no, slow down because just too much. And yeah. And, yeah. and actually MBIT and NLP complement each other perfectly because the um, the person who was coaching me, who's the MBIT practitioner, was also uh, one of the trainers on my NLP course. Yeah, it's incredibly interesting. And and I think the build from that is that, no, you don't have to know the depth of it. Even just knowing that and talking that through is so interesting because, and again, thinking about well, what does how can that relate to me and what I do? And, and I know as coaches, you know, I, again, this idea of originals, I struggle against the cookie cutters and what everybody does. And there's an element we have to do that in business because that works, especially marketing, et cetera. However, when we're connecting with people, it's, it's a human to human connection yeah, and it's genuine. And it's, it's things like just, the power of listening to somebody, you know, asking them a powerful question like you shared about if you could give everything back and keep one thing, what would it be? Those questions we think, wow, let me just think about that through. That's this part of the heart for me is that, you know, and, and listening and, and that emotion tapping into someone, what does someone really, really need? Not up here, the logical and think, yeah. oh, you need this as a result and go and do this strategy and, and get this marketing thing. It's that's no, it's like really slowing down thinking, connecting with people on a bit like when I say, what's the goal within the goal, the, the under the surface, what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that's what coaching's about, isn't it? It's about getting under the surface because um, when, when people do slow down enough to think, they're probably having the same thoughts that they always have when they're thinking about their work. They're having the same thoughts that they always have about their work. And one of the things that we provide as coaches, and, and I don't know about you, Natalie, but I'd all, I do coach a lot online, but I'd always rather be in the room with people if possible. Yeah. because one of the things that does is it takes people out of their everyday environment yeah because if you're if you're sitting thinking about your marketing in front of your computer and you always sit in and think about your marketing in front of your computer mm -hmm. then you're always going to get the same kind of thoughts they anchored into that so um I mean, the simple way to get around that is when you want to think about your marketing go and sit in a different room take a pen and pencil and yeah. uh, pen and paper and just go and sit in a different room and you start to generate different thoughts so one of the things that we do as coaches we take people out of their day-to-day -day environment and allow them to have different thoughts yeah. and once we do that we can start to as you say get below get into the thinking below the thinking yeah which is where which is where the powerful stuff is in terms of like we shared earlier about moving forward and helping people and what are some of the strategies specifically around anxiety that you work with clients on okay i tend to not well do what i was going to say i tend to not use strategies one of the things that i'm very careful about natalie is i don't want people to collect anxiety busting techniques because i think that they keep people stuck um my my whole approach is based on an nlp approach i do use hypnotherapy at the start very often it's a great way to um to reduce symptoms quickly because there's, there's two stages to the process that I work with uh, that I use to help people. The first is we've got to reduce symptoms very quickly. I have a way of measuring where the symptoms are now, 
we know where it's got to get to and our first stage is a therapeutic intervention we've got to get those numbers down once we've done that it then becomes it more a coaching relationship where we figure out how and why did that anxiety occur in the first place and what do you need to change to ensure that it doesn't come back and mostly that's about they need to change their thinking or mostly that's 99% of they need to change their thinking um, which is exactly what I needed to do I needed to change the way I looked at the world um so this the, the strategies are we, we use a bit of hypnotherapy or teach some breathing exercises, relaxation exercises, which I know for most people, unless they unless the anxiety is based on some deep trauma is going to bring the anxiety levels down quickly. Mm. But what I also know is if we leave it there, which most people want to leave it there because they're feeling better for a lot. And I've monitored people over many years. I, I follow up with clients years after I've finished working with them for a lot of people. If they stop there, it's going to come back yeah. because my honest belief about this, and I am very careful how I frame this with clients is that we create our own anxiety. And if that person does not understand how they created it in the first place, then they're just going to go back and recreate it again. Mm. So it's then about understanding how does that person think? How do they represent the world internally? And which part of that is causing the problem? Um, so you mentioned NLP and that that is my, my um, approach of choice. But NLP in a, lot of, in a lot of ways is misunderstood. People talk about powerful NLP techniques that can take away a phobia in 20 minutes and stuff like that. And that's all, that's all true. I've, I've, I've sat with people and I've taken away phobias they've had for 30 years. And I know 10 years on that that phobia is, is still, it never came back. So mm -hmm. there are some really powerful brain hacks, NLP techniques that can help people. But mostly what it's about for me is something called modeling, which is understanding what is, what is it like to be that person? How do they, how do they think not what do they think but how do they think how do they structure their thinking and then figuring out which part of that is the problem and let me give you an example because i'm i'm sorry i'm slipping into nlp stuff here and i i know that most people listening to this are probably not going to be that very interested in nlp but let me give you an example that if you wanted to make a, a chocolate cake you're going to go through a process which is similar to you're going to get some flour, some eggs and some butter and mix them all up in a bowl, add some chocolate powder to it, turn the oven on. Then you're going to put it in the oven for 20 minutes. And when you, what you get out is a lovely chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. If you just change one thing in that sequence, then you get a different result. If you mix together your your butter and your flour and everything and your chocolate powder but not the eggs and you put it in the oven and then you take it out and try and add the eggs afterwards you don't mm -hmm. get a very nice chocolate cake mm -hmm. and this is this is what happens with with people's thinking we 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 think in ways that are not conducive to getting the result that we want yeah and that's a very nlp way of of talking about it everything that happens to us is a result if we're feeling anxious that is a result of internal processes so what are the internal processes that cause that result and, and what needs to change with them mm. and then when we figure out what needs to change is how is that change going to take place and that's different for everybody that's why it becomes it's, it's such a bespoke process because the way that you think is going to be very different to the way that I think
Yeah. Uh, and if I try to inflict some kind of technique on you that is not compatible with the way that you process the world, it isn't going to work. Mm. Yeah. Really, really interesting and, and lots to reflect on within that too. I have a question actually for you. This is so everybody that comes on the podcast and I'll, I'll, do, I'll ask you as well for one for my next guest. I asked them the question from the previous um, podcast and the one that um, is for my previous guest is what one piece of advice would you give yourself today that would help you achieve the things you want to in a year's time? Oh, interesting question. What piece of advice would I give myself today? Keep going. Because I... I'm doing a lot of work on my business at the moment. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking in a business context here. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of work on my business at the moment. I think that the, the plans, I, I know where I want to get to. I think that the processes that I'm putting in place are going to get me there. Um, and I also know it's going to take a lot of hard work. So it's just that kind of, you just, and, and what is it has been a tendency at times in the past is to, start on the process don't get fast results and then go and try a different process instead but i've done i've done the thinking up front this time i'm, I'm confident um, that the approach is the right one it might need tweaks along the way but i think the basic strategy is correct so the advice is just keep going and hope it, you will get where you want to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what would be a question you would leave for the next <sighs> yes that's really tough. And you, know, you did mention this before. And I, I, have, I haven't put any thought into it. So I'm feeling Alex, really on the spot at the moment. But, but no, I'm going to come up with it. So um, are we, we talking, does this want to be in a business context, a personal context or a context of working with clients? Or? Whatever comes to mind. Okay. So the, the next person you're going to have, are they going to be a coach or are they going to be? Um, uh, they are, who have I got? Mm. No idea. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. All right. So here's here's a question. Here's a question for yeah. the next person. Think of a word that if you could give that thing to other people, what would you give them? Just one, just a single word. If you could give people X, what would X be? Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Be interesting. I think sometimes it's just because it's on the spare of the moment and catches people on the hop. They're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the reason I got right. to that one, someone, someone actually asked me that question yesterday and it's, I, I love the question. <laughs> well, look, that one you shared earlier with me about giving, you know, if you could give everything back and have one thing and that's like, oh, it's a little bit like the point of, you know, sometimes asking clients, what is one thing you just need to let go of right now? Or, yeah, that's you know, good. I think um, the most powerful question I've had recently for myself, from uh, actually it was from a podcast with Robbie Swell a couple of weeks back. It was, what am I? You know, what's what's it we're really in resistance to at the moment? And uh, I just think that's really key to ask sometimes. You know, and I've I've asked it every day this week. You know, what am I not facing into, and what's the reasons around that? A little bit like beliefs, like we shared earlier that we push them down and we don't really give time to explore what they mean to us from a 
thinking perspective logically to emotionally like you know how it makes us feel and and that's really important yeah i mean the definition of a belief is something that we we think is true so therefore to us it's not it's not a belief it's just a fact yeah so so one of the things that we can do and this is why it's easier to do with other people is to anything that is made as a statement is a belief unless it is something that every single person on the planet would have the same answer for it and it can't be disputed so if if for example i i um hold this pen and i say i'm if i drop this pen it will fall to the table that's not a belief that's 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 an independently variable very verifiable fact but anything else is is a belief yeah yeah if somebody else can hold a different opinion then it's a belief but yet we live our lives as if they're true. Isn't that interesting? It is. And Tony, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting. We've packed a lot in there. I think, yeah, I think we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> There's loads to probably have some time out, grab a coffee and reflect on ourselves, I'm sure. So where can people find and connect with you? People can find and connect me at um, through LinkedIn. I, I don't actually know what what the address is for my LinkedIn profile. So I have two, two websites. I have tonyleek.com and leek is spelled L-E-A-K-E. Yeah. So tonyleek.com. That is the, that's the anxiety-focused website. My other website is leadersandteams.co.uk, which is all about the, the, the leadership training development that I do for, for companies. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but so are a lot of... Actually, I think I've got quite an unusual name but there's quite a few other tony leaks on there as well but co- tony leak coaching training and therapy i think is the, the handle but tonyleak.com is the place to start tony it's been an absolute pleasure i value your time and uh thank you so much it's been a pleasure for me and i hope this is useful to some people thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode and inspired you on your journey make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe to the podcast I really love hearing feedback from you, so leave a review and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And now it is time to go take action, make a difference and have a great day.